didn't. I was going to preach it last Sunday, but just didn't have it quite finished. And and uh, God's uh, uh, was allowed me to get it finished up this week. And so I want to ask you to go ahead and stand uh, if you're physically able in reverence to the Word of God. Psalm number one forty five. We're going to read the first three verses. We're going to be looking at the whole psalm, and and it'll go quickly. And I hope that'll be a blessing to you. Again, we're talking about a model uh, of praise. Psalm one forty five verse one. Uh, David says, I will extol thee. That word extol means to exalt, lift up. I will extol thee, my God, O King, and I will bless thy name forever and ever. Uh, how many days? Every day will I bless thee, and I will praise thy name forever and ever. Great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised, and his greatness is unsearchable. Notice verse 3 again. I'm going to have you read this with me, but when we read it, I want you to drag that word great out. I want you to drag that word greatly out, and I want you to drag that word greatness out, okay? So let's all read that together, beginning with verse 3. Great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised, and His greatness is unsearchable. Amen. Amen. Let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning. Father, we thank You for this day. We thank you for uh, the songs that have been sung. Thank you for the special as well. Thank you for, uh, Father, the children that were here as well, for pastors, pals, and pray that you'll be with them as uh, the Ward family and others are ministering to them. And, Father, we pray now that we'll just put all the worries and cares and the things maybe in this life, Lord, that might have us preoccupied, we'll put all those off to the side for just a little while. And, Father, that we might be able to focus in on the Word of God as it's preached and, Father, we just pray that you'll be blessed by it. Father, that uh, you would help us to understand some things about praise uh, here this morning. And, Father, we will give you the praise and the glory and the honor for it all. In Jesus Christ's name we do pray. Amen and amen. All right, you can go ahead and be seated. I want to preach to you about a model of praise. And uh, I was thinking about this the other day. You know, we've all heard the, uh, it's been entitled, The Lord's Prayer. And uh, most of us know it, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And a lot of times, maybe even the Bible that you have, it'll have a title up there called the Lord's Prayer. But if you look at that whole prayer closely, uh, it would show that that particular prayer isn't something that Jesus himself would have to pray, uh, because uh, one thing is he had no debt to be forgiven. So Jesus would never have to pray that prayer I think the proper way to describe that prayer would be the Lord's model prayer. In other words, he gave us a model, a frame, which to use in our prayer life as well. And the reason I bring that up is because in like manner, that's how I want us to look at Psalm 145. We're going to look at it as a model uh, of, of praise. Um, I might have said prayer, but a model of praise unto the Lord. In other words, a, a frame uh, by which a child of God can learn uh, what praise to God really is. Now, most of us go, well, I know, I know what praise is. It's thanking God for things. And certainly that is. Uh, we tend to praise, uh, to see praise as praising the Lord for what He does. And amen, we should. Amen. We should always thank God for what He does. Certainly the Bible, that is scripture, will attest to that. We should count our blessings, name them one by one. I believe that that's something that God would have us to do. Certainly, even a study of the book of Psalms, many of the Psalms of David are filled with praise for specific acts of God's mercy 
to certain specific situations that was going on. So this is not a message to take away from all of that. But I do believe our praise can sometimes get out of balance, though. In other words, our, that's all our praise is about, is what God does for us. I think sometimes our praise can be be limited to what God can do for us instead of just, listen, instead of just simply who God is. Amen. And that's the approach, this, this model prayer. Uh, and, and again, I think it's so important uh, to, to, to understand and to get a hold of, and I think it will really help us understanding what praise is all about. Let, let, me, let me just throw this out here. I've mentioned this a couple of times the last few times I've preached. And, and, and I want you to understand here, I, I'm not, no, nobody could really say this because God has been good to all of us. Amen. If you're sitting here this morning, God's been good to you. Amen. He's been good to you. But, but do we realize that if God never did another thing for us, He would still deserve our praise? Amen. What I'm saying is we, we don't, we need to praise God for what He does, but most of all, we need to praise God for who He is and what He is. And until we get a hold of that, we're going to struggle with some things. Uh, but again, it's, again, that's why I believe our, our praise can get, kind of get out of balance and those types of things. And, and I like Psalm 145 because I believe it's a perfect example of this because it really has no event behind the praise that is given. In other words, we don't really know why David is talking about this. He doesn't talk about anything specific as far as what he was praising him for other than he's just praising the Lord. And I think there's a great deal to to uh, uh, learn here. Uh, again, I believe that God inspired David to praise him for who he is. Uh, and again, that's why I believe that we have probably, arguably, you know, one of the best, uh, none of them top it, I would say, uh, best uh, psalms of praise in the whole Bible. Uh, again, a model of praise that completely focuses on who and what God is. And again, now, I don't want you to say these things are wrong, but sometimes we're only searching for what God can do instead of searching for who God is and what God is. And may I just say this, that when you truly want to search about who and what God is, that you'll also find out that He can do a lot of things for you. <laughs> Amen. And He will do a lot of things for you. Uh, and so again, true worship, true adoration, uh, a true moving of the Holy Ghost inside of us, that is, if you're saved, is found when we simply desire to worship and praise the Lord for being the Lord. Amen. That ought to excite you this morning. Uh, just to think about who the Lord is and what the Lord is. And, and when we read this Bible uh, this wonderful uh, uh, words of God Himself, and we read about all the wonderful things that we find out about God. It ought to leave us a lot of ways, but one of them, one thing, it ought to leave us praising Him. So, number one, model each praise with exalting the Lord. We've already read that in verse one. I will extol Thee, my God, uh, O King. I will bless Thy name forever and ever. Extol, as I said a while ago, means to exalt. It means to lift up. Of course, this is in the context of God. In other words, we're to, uh, we're to vocally even to, to rise higher and higher our King. Amen. We're to raise our King higher and higher. How many days of our life? What does the text say? Every day of our life. In other words, you ought to be praising Him more today than He was yesterday, but not as much as you're going to be praising Him tomorrow. <laughs> Hallelujah! Amen. This is the God of heaven that we're talking at. You say, why is this? 
Because it says there in verse 3, because His greatness is unsearchable. And certainly that is true. Yes, we should praise God for all the good things that He does for Him. But I believe greater praise, higher praise, goes beyond what He does for us. Therefore, He is to be praised. It says, greatly and exceedingly praised for who He is. Hey, listen, church family, let us remember that each time we come into God's house whether it be Sunday morning or Sunday night or Sunday school, Wednesday night, let us always remember that He is to be greatly and exceedingly praised when we come into the house of God. Church family, let us remember that each time we pick up our hymnals and we sing these these uh, wonderful hymns that we sing, He's to be greatly praised, exceedingly praised, high and lifted up. And we certainly need to remember that when that invitation is given Hey, exalt the Lord. Again, raise Him up. 1 Timothy 1.17 says, Now unto the King, eternal, immortal, invisible, the only wise God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Verse 47.1 says, Oh, clap your hands, all you people. Amen. It goes on to say, Shout unto the God with the voice of triumph. Shout. Amen. That's what God says. I'm the only one shouting. Model each praise with exalting the Lord. Number two, model praise for others. In other words, this is something that's taught. Look at verse 4. Notice it very carefully now. One generation shall praise thy works to another. You see that? One generation shall praise thy works. Hey, don't look at your neighbor to do that. God's talking to you. One generation shall praise thy works to another and shall declare thy mighty acts. You know, there was a time... Some of you older folks may remember it better than most of us. Not too long ago, in most churches across America, when the church family wasn't shy about praising the Lord. Yeah. Wasn't shy about it at all. Uh, and, and I believe this has a lot to do with the anemic condition that churches are in today. And there's a lot of other things we could talk about here. And I've often pondered this as to why. I mean... They were praising the same God 50 years ago that we praise today, right? I mean, what, 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 what happened? And the answers could be a lot to that. They could be many, I suppose, not what this message is about. But I do believe that one reason many today don't seem excited or, or lack a vocal zeal for the Lord is because they don't see it from those who are considered spiritual leaders. Amen. Hey, we can't expect these young people to get excited about Jesus if we're not. Yeah. Amen. It's passed down. It says, one generation shall praise thy works to another. Challenging. And plus, it's fun. I like praising the Lord. Praise, we could also talk about worship. They're different, but praise and worship is passed down from teaching, from proclaiming wonderful truths. Found even on this side of eternity. Hey, listen, we could sit around and be down in the mouth about how this world is till kingdom come, and some of you do. But we got a lot more to praise Him for. Even on this side of eternity. Amen. We're to extol Him. We're to lift Him up. Verse 4 is telling us that. Others need to see Sunday school teachers, children's church, children's church workers, deacons, senior saints. Hey, listen, 
We want, we want middle-aged people looking to our senior saints as they praise the Lord. We want this young adult group looking to the middle-aged as they praise the Lord. We want our teenagers looking toward the young adults as they're praising the Lord. Do you get it? Amen. One generation to another. Amen. God doesn't say if you feel like it. God doesn't say if you're not doing anything else better. <laughs> he says to extol the Lord. He says to, to pass that along from one generation to another. Again, we're talking about modeling praise uh, for others. We model praise to others by speaking of his works. Look at verse 5. I will speak of the glorious honor of thy majesty. Speak it to who? <laughs> to others. And of thy wondrous works. And men shall speak of the might of thy terrible acts. And I will declare thy greatness. Verse 7. They shall abundantly utter the memory of thy great goodness and shall sing of thy righteousness. Look at that, abundantly utter. I love it. If ever we want others to know the greatness of God, we have to abundantly utter it. That means we have to speak it. Amen. We have to share the wonderful things that God not only has done in our own lives, but sharing His wonderful works that are found in the Word of God. Your attitude towards the Bible is your attitude towards God. Oh, parents, your children can learn a lot about a great and awesome God from the Bible. But I ask you, just how important is the Word of God to you? I hope it's real important. We studied this lesson in Sunday school, second, or uh, passage in Sunday school, 2 Timothy 3.15, talking about Timothy, who was now an adult, still a young man, but Paul said of Timothy, and that from a child thou hast known the Holy Scriptures. From a child thou hast known the Holy Scriptures. You know, that's the greatest success a parent could have right there. Hey, they might grow up and become a master surgeon. I think that's great. But I'd rather my child grow up and know the Holy Scriptures than to be a brain surgeon any day. Amen. From a child thou hast known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. Psalm 78 verse 4 not just challenges us, but commands us. We will not hide them from their children, showing to the generation to come the praises of the Lord and His strength and His wonderful works that He hath done. We're not going to hide it from our children. We're not going to. We're not going to uh, uh, squelch that. We're not going to hold it down. We're going to show them. They're going to see us. We're going to model praise. Amen. I believe this would change America real quick. And I believe verse seven. I love that abundantly utter. You know, abundantly utter the greatness of God is what it's saying. And when we stand to sing uh, these hymns, hey, listen, we ought to sing them because we're singing of His righteousness. Amen. Modeling praise also means speaking of God's love uh, for us. In other words, talking about it. Look at verse 8. Now listen, this is for you. God is saying this to you this morning. If this don't excite you, then, then I, I, I failed. But it says, verse 8, The Lord is gracious and full of compassion, slow to anger and of great mercy, and all of God's people said. The Lord is good to how many? And the tender mercies are over all His works. All thy works shall praise thee. O Lord, and thy saints, that would be believers, shall bless thee. Are you understanding this? 
We're talking about modeling praise. Hey, children ought to hear, hey, before they can even comprehend words, they ought to hear, for God so loved the world. Hey, man! Before they even understand what words mean, they ought to hear that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Hey, man. And we sing these songs, the old rugged cross, it is well with my soul, there's power in the blood, amazing grace, there is a fountain that's filled with blood. Listen to me, we ought to model those songs with tears of joy and making melody in our heart. Amen. Hey, don't blame somebody else because you don't get in the song service. Hey, man. Don't blame somebody else because you don't get into the song service. Praise the Lord. Let us sing loudly. Let us sing triumphantly with holy hands raised up to the heavens. That's in the Bible. Psalm 89.1 models for us, I will sing of the mercies of the Lord forever. With my mouth will I make known thy faithfulness to all generations. <laughs> Man, woo! We model praise, number one, by exalting the Lord. Number two, we model praise for others. Let's move on, because I don't think you all like that one very good. Number three, we model praise through witnessing. And if you didn't like that one, you probably ain't going to like this one either. But I'm just going to preach it, okay? Verse 11. They shall speak of the glory of thy kingdom and talk of thy power. That sounds like witnessing to me. Verse 12. To make known to the sons of men his mighty acts and the glorious majesty of his kingdom. I believe that's witnessing. Verse 13. Thy kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and thy dominion endure throughout all generations. I believe that the greatest act of praise to the Lord, what would it be? What would it be? I believe it would be sharing the gospel. Amen. I believe that when we read what Jesus says in, in Matthew 28, and Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you all the way, even unto the end of the world. Amen. I believe that is praise when we share the gospel with somebody. I love those first few chapters and uh, passages in the book of Isaiah. And after Isaiah saw the Lord high and lifted up, he heard the words of God who said, Whom shall I send? Who will go for us? And from a heart of praise, from a heart of adoration, amen, from a heart of worship, Isaiah cried, Here am I, send me. Amen. Praise. This isn't praise. Amen. Amen. Hey, if we can't get excited about God, you can't get excited about nothing. It's the man and woman of God's holy duty. I say again, it's the man and woman of God's holy duty to share the gospel. It's an act of praise unto the Lord each time we share the gospel. Number three, model praise through witnessing. Number four, you'll probably like this one a little better. We model praise by remembering his personal care for us as an individual. Whew. This is an amazing thought. I hope I never get over this. 
Look at verse 14. The Lord upholdeth all that fall and raiseth up, how many? All those that be bowed down. The eyes of all wait upon thee, and thou givest them their meat in due season. Thou openest thy hand and satisfiest the desire of every living thing. God's talking to you. Listen now. The Lord is righteous in all his ways and holy in all his works. The Lord is nigh unto all them that call upon him, to all that call upon him in truth. He will fulfill the desire of them that fear him. He also will hear their cry and will save them. The Lord preserveth how many of them? All of them that love him, but all the wicked will he destroy. What a wonderful passage of Scripture. Verse 14, when I look at that, he upholdeth all that fall, raise up those that are bowed down. That speaks of the struggles of a believer. You know, when we struggle in life, these things can leave us again bowed down in our soul and in our spirit. Of course, we understand this old world is not our home, amen? Let me just reassure you, child of God, if you're not satisfied with this world, amen. You ought not be satisfied with this world. Hey, this, hey, this, hey, this old world is not for a child of God. Walking in this world, which we should, we're not to be, we're to be in the world so that we can witness, but we're not to be of the world. But walking in this world can make our soul feel dirty, can make our soul feel unclean at times. But praise be to God. We can praise Him because He upholds and He raises His children when they're cast down. That's what the passage says. And the believer only has to look up. And it says there, God will give us our meat in due season. Do you believe that this morning? And my next question would be, are you living that way? He is righteous in all His ways. And He is certainly holy in all His works as we just led there. Hey, listen, we model praise by remembering His personal care for us. I want to say it very loudly, as an individual. What I'm saying is, is I think I've shared this before, I grew up on a small cattle farm, and sometimes we'd be with my dad or what have you, we'd pull up on a high hill or whatever and see the cattle out there, and I'll be honest with you, I just saw a, a herd of cows. I ain't looking at an individual cow, it was just a herd of cows. I want you to understand that, that, that God doesn't just notice a flock of sheep, that He notices individual lambs. <laughs> and He notices the one that's hurting. He notices the one that's struggling. And He notices the one that's veering off. And He notices the one that's faithful. And He notices the one that maybe isn't recognized as they should be. Am I preaching to you this morning? Hey, man. Praise the Lord. I love this. God knows each individual heart. He knows what we're focused on. He knows what we're struggling with. He knows that concern that we have. Maybe God is saying as He inspired Peter to write in 1 Peter 5, 7, casting all your care upon Him, for He careth for you. For you! As an individual. God would say to the great weeping prophet known as Jeremiah, 
Yea, I have loved thee, you, with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness have I drawn thee. And God could say that to any one of his children this morning. God doesn't just notice a flock of sheep. He notices individual lambs. And pilgrim, you might be growing weary. I grow weary sometimes. Amen. But we don't have to despair. Hey, we don't need to taint your testimony of praise with a lack of faith in our good God. Hey, we, we don't need this world to talk us out of something that God's already promised us. Bless God. Greater is he that is in me than what? Than he that is in the world? Hallelujah. Comes down to faith. Cry out to him. And he'll hear you. Notice verse 19, the last part. He also will hear their cry and will save them. You say, well, that's a salvation verse. Hey, if he'll do it for a lost person, he'll sure do it for you, believer. Amen. Amen. We got a good God. We don't need to despair. So as our pianist comes, I want the rest of us to stand for just a little bit. With your head bowed and your eyes closed, just want to say a few things and we'll, we'll be dismissed here in just a moment. Just listen to me very carefully. As we get ready to give this invitation, I want you to understand we're not to just model praise here on this earth, but we're to model it throughout eternity. And we've already read about forever and ever talking about praise, but verse 21 The psalmist says, My mouth shall speak the praise of the Lord and let all flesh bless His holy name forever and ever. You see, God's people are to be a people of recognizable and vocal praise. Certainly not just later, but now. Now. I ask you, how are you modeling praise to the Lord? How you modeling it to others? How you modeling it to your children? How you modeling it to these young people that, that see you each and every day at the house of God? That they're here. And lost person, just by way of invitation, God, for you, has already once and for all demonstrated His love and forgiveness for you. Romans 5, 8, listen to me, lost person. God commended His love toward us in that while we were yet sinners. While we were yet in our sin, while we were yet lost, Christ died for us. And I take nothing or add nothing away from the Scripture when I say that Christ died for you. Have you accepted that offer of grace and mercy? No matter what you may think your greatest need is right now, understand your greatest need is to be saved. And believer, you that are struggling with something and have gotten away from God, whatever you think your greatest need may be, I want to tell you your greatest need is to return back to God. That's your greatest need. Start there, and then let God work in those other areas of your life. You say, oh, but preacher, as a lost person, who am I to deserve such kindness and forgiveness? Welcome to the crowd is all I could say. Jesus might reply with what Paul told Titus in Titus chapter 3, but after that the kindness and love of God our Savior toward man appeared, how did it appear? Not by works of righteousness which we have done, listen, but according to His mercy He saved us. And by the washing of regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Ghost, which He shed on us abundantly through 
Christ our Savior, that being justified by His grace, we should be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. If you don't have that promise this morning, I want to encourage you to come down here and I will get somebody to take the Bible, take the Word of God, and show you how you can be wondrously and gloriously saved. Today is the day of salvation. If you're